I've got the candy manufacturer who destroyed the world. And I got some speedy balls. <laughs> Game Fight! Hello and welcome to Date Fight. Goodness me, it's December the 9th already. Are yes. you mulling the wine? Are you scoffing the pies? I am. Are you? Right now. Yeah, I could do I could do Is it too <laughs> early? It's no, not too early. It it's never too early. We should do it now. Brilliant. Uh, it's the podcast where we pit great moments in history against one another. Yes, he's Jake Yap. I'm Nat Tapley, and together we've trawled through all of history to find the two most important things that have happened on this day, and then we'll make them fight like slugs in a bag. Yesterday, I lost mm-hmm. the week's date fight and had to pay a forfeit. It's worth going back and checking that episode if you haven't already. Uh, but in the meantime, we start afresh and anew with round one. Round one! Come on, then. I feel like this could be my week. This could be the first week that's my week. Uh, okay. I will start with the 9th of December, 1979. The day on which smallpox was eliminated. Oh, it's I've one of two infectious diseases. Them. Only two infectious diseases have ever been completely eliminated. The other was rinderpest in 2011. You never hear about that one. No. What's rinderpest? Rinderpest is an infectious disease of cattle, oh, domestic wow. buffalo, and many other species of even-toed ungulates. You even-toed ungulates. <laughs> I'm an <laughs> odd-toed ungulate, which is even worse. <laughs> so, yes, only two diseases have ever... Uh, infectious diseases have ever been completely eliminated, one of which was smallpox. Lots of famous people had smallpox. It left them with facial scarring. Stalin had smallpox. Mm. George Washington had smallpox. Henry VIII had smallpox. Mm. In fact, lots of... Most people had smallpox, but it had a 30% mortality rate. Crikey's. Yeah. And it left you facially scarred forever if you survived it. Do vaccinate your kids. Yeah. Um, that's really good. Yeah. Oh, Edward VI, Henry VIII's son, he died while recovering from smallpox, so, you know, it actually affected the future of the country and it killed off a monarch, so, yeah. Didn't Abraham yeah. Lincoln have it when he was doing yes. the Gettysburg Address? Yes, he caught it off, probably off his son, they think, who died of it, and his wife may have incubated it for a while. So and get vaccinations. Yeah, do 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 that. That's our advice. And doctor's advice, so do it. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, you don't have to take our advice. No, Just there's loads of actual scientists. The of the entire medical community. Great. <laughs> and look at that, people no longer die of smallpox. Top stuff. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold back my big guns. <laughs> Not very big. Oh, uh, because a small gun at this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this small one gun under then. the bus. Because so it's no your point. small gun. I'm going to December the 9th, 1884. Oh. And a guy called Levant Richardson. Patents. Mm. The ball-bearing skate. Oh, a roller skate. Roller skates, basically. Is he American? That's quite an American-sounding name. Levant, what was it? Yeah, it it was. Levant M. Richardson. Uh, He got his patent in 1884 for the use of steel ball-bearings in skate wheels to reduce friction. Because prior Mm. to then, people would go roller skating and burst into flames. (laughs) (laughs) They just strapped any two rocks to their feet and stood very slowly, (laughs) scraping down the road. No, the the axles were made of wood and the wheels were made of wood. And (laughs) everyone was just catch fire. What can we lubricate it with? More wood! Yeah. So skaters could increase speed with minimum effort. And Uh. a mere... 14 years later, he founded his own skate company. (laughs) (laughs) Such a success, was it? In those days, they flew by, yeah. Uh, So that was in 1898. And uh, apparently the basic design of your old-school quad Mm -hmm. skate hasn't really changed since then. Well done. It was a classic. You know, like smallpox. (laughs) (laughs) I think you won that one. Fine, let's go on to the birthdays. 
blind. He wrote Paradise Lost. And invented the fluid. And invented, yes. <laughs> Out of necessity. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and uh, the first line of Paradise Lost fits to the theme tune of the Flintstones, which is something Armando Yudich says in all of his talks, because he was doing his defil on uh, Paradise Lost, and he worked out the beginning of it fits to the theme. How does it go? Come on. Of man's first disobedience and the fruit of that forbidden tree. It doesn't, though. No, I know, because you have to leave because off, off at the beginning. Yeah. Of man's first. Yeah. There's, there's no anacrusis uh, on the Flintstones theme tune. That's true. Uh, Amanda Nucci, you are not as clever as you think. Yeah. It's a cheap gag. Don't worry. Don't hire us. Yeah, please, we, are, we, are we are available. We are All available. All the work. Very, very available. Very available. I would stop doing this like that. Yeah, yeah, we would drop this like a stone. <laughs> we'd stop in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> also, happy birthday to Tabitha Babbitt, who was a what shaker. A wonderful name. Yeah, she was a shaker. Now, you know, shaker style furniture? Oh, yeah. You never see mover style. No. There's Quakers and shakers, but no movers. Yeah. Um, she was a tool maker. She invented the circular saw. No. Yes. She Tabitha was born Babbitt. In, Tabitha Babbitt, born in 1779, invented the circular saw and a process for making false teeth. In those days, they were made of plywood. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mainly of old, using a circular saw on some wood. <laughs> I have shaker teeth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> have because coin. she was a shaker, she couldn't patent anything because they didn't believe in ownership of ideas. Oh, wow. So other people patented her inventions very shortly after and made a lot more money than she did. Oh, that's terrible. Mm. There's a new hero. Tap of the Babbitt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, happy birthday to Caroline Lucas, the MP for... Pavilion, right. I think. Yes, I don't know. Happy birthday yeah. to her. Ah, oh, happy birthday. Uh, she's a good one, I think. She's all right, isn't she? She does good things. Yes. I happy like birthday. That. I like that she's basically. I mean, she would, having only one MP, <laughs> say, you know what? We need a sort of coalition of the left. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh yeah, the one with yeah. one MP wants the coalition, does she? <laughs> but. I think it's quite smart. Yeah. In fact, that means that they're the only party whose parliamentary party isn't split over Brexit. Because there's only one of them. <laughs> well, maybe. She might feel quite conflicted and stop speaking to herself. Might be a good thing. How day can I... Three days till the election, guys. Wow. Mm. This is... Uh, because of Perda, do we now have to no. do what of all No, we do what we like. Hooray! Happy death day to Peter the Second of Portugal, whom, according to Wikipedia, his long tenure is his most important accomplishment. I'd like to have a long tenure. <laughs> yeah, I wish you had a long tenure. I had a very short tenure. So just existing, that's the only thing he's famous for. Just staying as being the king. Peter the Second. Yeah, be, Peter Second. Did he? Get, I wonder if he gave rise to a Peter the Third, or everyone was like, oh, oh enough of Peter. He went on. Long tenure. He went on, didn't he? <laughs> Happy death day to Begum Rokea, a Bengali feminist educator and who established the first school for Bengali Muslim girls and who still has um, a day in her honour in Bangladesh to this day. That's cool. Yeah. I want a day in my honour. Mm. <laughs> right, we'll so, why don't you found a school for Muslim Perhaps girls? Perhaps I though? will. <laughs> Perhaps I will. You don't know. Do they do days for podcasts. Do they give them? <laughs> Oh, you have to do something good, do you? <laughs> Happy birthday to Luella Parsons. Do you know who Luella Parsons was? The mother of Nicholas. Nope, she was the first Hollywood gossip columnist. Oh, really? Hired by William Randolph Hearst. And she got her job by refusing to write some of the gossips she knew about him. 
Oh, really? Because at one point he was on a boat with um, a director whose name I've forgotten and Charlie Chaplin and his girlfriend at the time and Luella Parsons. Mm. The director came off the boat having been shot dead somehow. Okay. Uh, Charlie Chaplin said, I saw William Randolph Hearst shoot him. Okay. No, no, I didn't he did. He said he saw him, that he was shot in the head. The coroner said, no, he just had some sort of heart accident. His heart stopped for some reason. Right. Now, and and when his heart head, stopped, he fell on a bullet <laughs> really, really fast. And the assumed story was that Charlie Chaplin was having an affair with William Randolph Hearst's girlfriend. Ooh. They were all on the boat together. Oh. William Randolph Hearst tried to shoot Chaplin, missed him, hit this director. Wow. Um, and But uh, Luella Parsons refused to put that in her gossip column, so she got a job for life with William Rand- Randolph Hearst. I mean, I love the idea of, like, you know, rumours abound that <laughs> Douglas Fairbanks <laughs> likes to party hard. Yeah. Oh, by the way! <laughs> I just watched a murder happen and I'm not going to write about it. Uh, she was the queen of Hollywood gossip until Hedda Hopper arrived, whom she hated. Yeah, I'll bet. Yeah. Anyway, you've, got to, you've got to alliterate, I think, to be a successful. Yeah. You know. Tom Ince was the director's name. Okay. Not that it matters. He didn't direct anything anyone remembers, I don't think. <laughs> Very tragic life. <laughs> Probably didn't have a chance to. Deathies are really a downer. <laughs> Sometimes they're just... That was going to be a yeah. happy one. Uh, yes. Round two, and I'm just thrilled, mm. frankly, because I am revisiting a, a bit of a favourite on the Date Fight podcast. Is it a Pope? No! Is it a French, French king with a funny name? No, but it's the premiere of Caesar in Egypt. Ooh! A new play <laughs> by Collie Sibber! Hooray! Yes! I keep pronouncing it wrong, by the way. I've been told off on Twitter. Oh, how do you pronounce it? Apparently it's Collie Kibber. Collie Kibber? Collie Kibber. Even better. Collie Kibber. Kibber. Then we can't do Kibberling rivalry. That doesn't, that doesn't Aww, make any That's fine. His new play, Caesar in Egypt. Nice. Which sounds to me like <laughs> a bit of a knockoff Anthony and Cleopatra. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, it premieres in London. And what I'm excited about is the fact that I found it. What? Yes. Are we going to read it out? On uh, Google Books. Mm. So That's if, where you find all the books. If you're interested, Act One. Yeah. Uh, Photinus. Photinus. Right, for Tynus. Whatever you say. <laughs> Begins with... Our fertile Egypt now no more shall groan beneath the ravage of intestine war. <laughs> I've heard that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Nor from the contests of divided sway rebellion hath the excuse of anarchy. <laughs> Our plenteous Nile now flows for Ptolemy. Well, I, I just made the point. Mm. Nothing rhymes in this no. play. I've well, been through a lot of pages. Anarchy at this point. <laughs> I was doing my best, but it's a reach. There's no rhymes, and no. I don't even know if it's proper iambic pentameter, Give us of which line. I'm not a fan. While Cleopatra, by his arms reduced, perceives her empire bounded by this palace, yeah, perceives her empire bounded yeah. by this palace. Less. There's, there's an extra. Well, they never do it properly. They always. Armando Iannucci, I am big pentameter. She seems not to desire. Eat it now, no. Not. More shall grow under the. <laughs> no, it doesn't work. It days. is rotten. I mean, he, it really was rotten. That's what I got. More collie kibber, stroke sibber. Yeah, love it. I'm going to go to the. Oh, n- by the way, that was 1724. Oh, of I don't know if I mentioned that. No, you don't think you did. That was 1724. So, those of you who are plotting 
uh, all of these dates onto a massive chart on your walls. Of course you are. Go to your 18th century bar. Yes. And about a quarter of the way along. If you want your free date fight wall chart, <laughs> send a stamped address envelope to this morning. Containing at... a small administrative fee of £400 yes. in stamps. No, in money. Don't do it in stamps. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever. Well, I've got a story about stamps coming up this week. Do you? Mm. Huh. Done some prep. Yep. I see. 9th of December 1958 was the founding of the John Birch Society. Oh. The John Birch Society um, was founded by Robert W. Welch, a sweet manufacturer um, who believed everything was part of a massive communist conspiracy. True. So he started a... True fact. ...fringe conspiracist, exceedingly right-wing group in order to weed out the communists. Early members were... Um, Fred Koch, who was the father of Charles and David Koch, the Koch brothers. Okay. Um, Fred Trump, you may have heard of him, or his son. Wow. Donald Trump. Um, he believed that President Eisenhower, Republican President Eisenhower, was an agent of communism. Good Lord. And they were fervent, what they called anti-communists, but they believed everything was being done by the Bavarian Illuminati, (laughs) of which the Bolshevik Party was just the most recent expression. Right. And, in fact, as he got older, Robert W. Welch uh, realised that, actually, it wasn't just the Bavarian Illuminati. They had help from the Rothschild and the Rockefellers, because you've got to have some anti-Semitism in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And, actually, it was a huge conspiracy going back to ancient Sparta. Let's drain the Spartan swamp. Absolutely. (laughs) Let's drain the Pontine marshes. That's a Mussolini (laughs) joke for everyone. That's amazing. There we go. Um, Oh, yes, it was Roger Stone said Fred Trump was a founder member of the John Birch Society, and it was seen as a fringe element of weirdos, um, conservative weirdos, for about 60 years, and now they've taken over the Republican Party and are in charge of it. Are they really? Well, Donald Trump, I mean, essentially, the conspiracy theories, the... Um, protect- they were quite protectionist. They, they're hard right, protectionist, anti immigrant, anti communist. Wow. So all no, those... I'm not seeing any parallels there, mate. No. Uh, so I'm saying that was the most important thing to happen on the 9th of December. Even precluding and overshadowing Collie Sippers' Caesar in Egypt, which doesn't go to the tune of the, of the Flintstones. <laughs> I mean, you might have the edge. <laughs> You have got the edge, I think. Yeah. Oh, oh, also included in the conspiracy, of course, are the IRS, the Federal Reserve, and all non-governmental agencies. Oh, yeah, but we, we, all, to, yeah, we uh, all know that. Including the Trilateral Commission, which I've only ever heard of as something people put in conspiracies. No, What is the Trilateral Commission? If you know, tell us on Twitter, because... Yeah. It's in all the conspiracies. Trilateral Commission, they're up there with the Illuminati and the Sounds aliens. very kinky. Yeah. OK, I'm going to let you have that. Yay! I love that. I'm pretending it's some massive concession. Um, <laughs> very big of you. Very big. Does that, that take you to 2-0? Two 2-0. Zero? Two zero. Oh, for goodness sake. What a rotten way to start the week. Mm. Uh, I hope you have a better start to your week, and why don't you join us here tomorrow for another date fight? Do do that. Why don't you subscribe and everything? Oh, yeah, subscribe and tell people. It's it's really down to you. Yeah. Come on. You need to. Off you go. Bye-bye. <laughs>